this is Robin Zander from Cheap Trick, and you're listening to Cheap Talk. It's time for some Cheap Talk. You're listening to Trick Chat. Welcome back to your Cheap Talk podcast. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and as always, I'm joined by the ever-lovely vinyl-collecting BJ Cram. Hello there. And we are lucky enough to have welcoming back to the wonderful show, it's the wonderful Michael Butler. We love you, Michael Butler. I'm so glad you're here. I am so lucky that you guys included me on this. I really appreciate it. Listen, I'm as honored. Far, listen, whether you need to be deputized, I'm officially doing it right now. You are a member of Cheap Talk, okay? Oh, thank you so much. I am. Thank God. <laughs> you have been deputized, ordained That's from the Podfather nice. himself. I appreciate that. You're we're, hired at zero dollars an hour. <laughs> we're we're, we're going like to double it. your rate. Exactly. I'd like my pay doubled. As a matter of cut fact, cut it in half and double it. There you go. Cut it in half and double it. You you could, you actually could cause the three stooges of cheap trick world. So you know. As a matter of so, fact, the three of us are going to be meeting at the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. I cannot wait. It's going to be yeah. awesome. It's going to be a big circle jerk, and I am going to be proud to be one of the jerk guys jerking. Yep. Hot. Do you love it loud? Then plan to attend the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, one-day event celebrating all things rock and roll. Over 20 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on-site. Panel discussions with producers that have worked with Ozzy, Slayer, Kiss, Y&T, Seven Dust, Dokken, and more. Celebrity signings and meet and greets with current and former members of Cinderella, Winger, Tora Tora, Collected Soul, Taiketo, The Monkees, with more to be announced. All that and record dealers slinging some sweet vinyl. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo takes place Saturday, August 26th at the Music Valley Event Center. More information available at NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com as well as on Facebook. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Feast your ears. But it's going to be cool. We're actually going to be in the same room, so look forward to some very awkward... Uh, selfies and promotional pictures. So this. I is hope gonna we're going to do a cheap trade or uh, some sort of a uh, episode while we're there. That would be very nice. We're actually going to do it in the parking lot. All right, sounds good. No, I'm kidding. Well, actually, yeah. The the guy that recorded this whole record, Howard Willing, it was recorded in Nashville, and he said that schedule permitting, he would come to the expo and talk to us for cheap. Oh, really? Talk. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Could be very cool. Hey guys. There's a new cheap trick record out. What? 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 Who? Who would have thought that uh, we just this last year we did we did Bang Zoom Crazy Hello. You had me on there, and uh, who would have thought so soon? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It seems like uh, the band has a, a, a renewed life in the studio. I, for one, am very happy about it. What do you think about it, BJ? Just overall. Well, of course, I want more cheap trick albums. I would never <laughs> turn down a new cheap trick record. The world can only be a better place for more cheap trick music because of more cheap trick music. Well, whether it's a great album or not, we will decide that between the three of us. But uh, whether it's a great album or not, just the fact that Cheap Trick is still putting out records is uh, makes 
rock and roll better for it. Absolutely. You know, it's it's just been amazing. If you look at the records that we've been lucky to buy over the last couple of years, like this week, I placed the pre-order for the new Alice Cooper and the new Sticks just came out, and the Sgt. Peppers, and then the, the, the four-disc Prince uh, Purple Rain set came out. Oh. It, it, I, it's I, just a great time to be a music fan. I saw Sticks last night. How were they? I was in. The, I had the front. I was in the front row. I saw awesome. the picks. I saw the awesome. picks. They played two songs off the new album. Really? Only two. Yeah. yeah. They should do that whole darn album. It's it's yeah. actually pretty good. Mm, I'm glad they didn't do the whole album. But that's <laughs> another story. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing. It would have sent a lot of people running to the to the drink. Actually, stand, the songs but. they played. The opening song was kind of cheesy. Gone, gone, gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they played Radio Silence, which is actually one of the better songs on the album. It's, not, yes. it's actually everybody in the audience seemed to nobody went to the uh, to get a beer during that tune. So I Excellent. I liked it. They were they were really good. There was a fun show. It was, it was Sticks, Aria Speedwagon, and, uh, and Don Felder. Wow, that singer for Sticks looks re- absolutely ridiculous. But uh, it was a fun show. They played a bunch of good tunes. It was good music all around. Very good. So. Here we are, a new Cheap Trick album. Who would have thought that in 2017? All the troubles are left in the past, and we're free now to record whatever we want. This album comes out in two formats, the Standard and the Deluxe. I don't even know why they bothered with the Standard. Which one did you buy, Ken? The Deluxe. You bought it? Did you pre-order it on Pledge Music? Yes, I pre-ordered it on Pledge Music, and I do not understand why it took so long for me to get it so you you got the cd yeah what did you get bj i got the deluxe cd and it came in the mail today which is more than a week after it came out which is completely ridiculous mm-hmm. i i can't understand i ordered it in april so they had plenty of time <laughs> to get it to me with you know the day it came out as far as i'm concerned i don't understand right but and yeah, the, I mean, what's the point of doing pledge music if you're if you're, what's the point of doing that if you're not going to get it? But I bought the vinyl, so I'm uh-huh. still waiting for my copy. Yeah, well, yeah, but that they at least gave you a heads up, right, that yes. you wouldn't be getting it. But That's yeah, right. the beautiful thing about going through pledge music, if you want to get a signed item, that's great, right? And when I first heard about the deluxe version, I thought, well, I'm not going to be able to get that anywhere else but Japan or here, right? Then it turns out that Amazon, you can get it there. And I have <laughs> I have some friends who ordered from Amazon and got the CD the day before it was supposed to come into the store. So I would probably blame Big Machine or whatever their label is uh, for that. I, I bet you Cheap Trick doesn't really have much to do with this. Right, play right. Music. No. Well, and, you know, the, the idea of Pledge Music was to raise money to actually record albums mm-hmm. and things like that. And no, Cheap Trick not just, in this case. Yeah, they're right. just kind of using it as a way to make a little extra money, which I don't have a problem with, but I will never pre-order a physical product from Pledge Music again because this is ridiculous to yeah. have to sit and wait over a week for it. Well, You're unless, not the only one to complain. All, yeah. You look on the discussions on their Pledge Music and everybody's... Uh, yeah, I went there last night to complain and Mike Hayes, who wrote the book, had already complained. Oh, really? <laughs> <And> then, <Hi>. Yeah. <laughs> so. I love how you always say, the book. 
like every once in a while we get messages from people saying, what is it's the, the only book? <laughs> what is yeah. the book that BJ keeps referring to? And it's, of course, <laughs> Reputation is a Fragile Thing, a great book. And we, and we actually got that thing successfully reprinted. If, if nothing really? else that, that came out of this show... That that did right. BJ? Is it available? Because I didn't know that. I'm gonna have to get it. Oh, if I it's, think I, I hope it's still Ken available. Sharp, I think he still has some. Yeah. Yeah, it's. They should do I'm like not 100, percent but. They should do like that guy did with that Kiss uh, book, um, Kiss Alive Forever. They should they should put it on Kindle and and iBooks and make you be able to just do it that way. Although that book is way overpriced, but it's another story. Right. <clears throat> Actually, I think Mike Hayes has talked about that, and I don't remember why he couldn't do it plus Mike Hayes even has updates to the book that yeah. he wasn't able to put in the re repressing so I'm gonna have to look for it so, I have not read that book so we are hoping for that but as far as pledge music if you're buying something signed or you're helping out a new struggling band that's great if you're getting a, a variant version or something maybe one of those packages like they had some really cool fan packages through pledge music but as somebody who's just purchasing a CD that I could buy at Best Buy or Amazon, it was kind of disappointing to have to wait almost a week. Yeah, a, a friend of mine got the, uh, he bought the socks on the uh, Pledge Music. I think so he got cool. the CD in the socks. That's the way to do it. If you're, you know, where else are you going to get cheap trick socks? So. Yeah. Well, we bought the, we bought the personalized video <laughs> for Cheap Talk, which now they say we're not going to have till August. Wait a minute, what's, what's the personalized video? Are they going to say, is it the guys in the band saying you're on Cheap Talk? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's what we're hoping for. It was 150 bucks, and uh, yeah, every, I wrote everybody in the band. Supposedly, yeah, they I they uh, were saying that they could like wish somebody happy birthday or stuff like that. But I just wrote for them to say hi. This is Blank, and you're listening to Ken and BJ on Cheap Talk. And so hopefully uh -huh. they'll do it. <laughs> well, if they don't, will they refund your money? That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. But or now if we're not, not send to a have bunch of August. So. Yeah, or or if not, send a bunch of cheap trick socks to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be kind of pissed off if they if they uh, s screwed you over on that one. But. Yeah, I I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. Well, let's hope well, so. Even, even if you know, even if Rick starts making fun of us or being funny, that'll be worth it too. Oh, know? that'd be so. worth it. <laughs> so yeah, two two losers in their basement. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I ran it, I ran into Rick Nielsen at uh, MacWorld. I probably told you this a long time ago. Yep. I ran into Rick Nielsen at MacWorld a long time ago, right after uh, Special One came out, mm -hmm. and. Um, I happened to have my recording device with me, and I got him to do an ID. I, I put him on the spot, and he did it for me. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So, the name of the album is Cheap Trick. We're all all right with an explanation point. And it's so cool to have Cheap Trick music, new Cheap Trick music in 2017. I guess we should start with the cover, right? Well... They shouldn't have used old pictures if they were going to edit Bunny out. That's just, I don't know, that's really strange. I don't know why they... Well, they technically, just, he he's not edited out. What it is well, is there's another photo. Ad, they intentionally covered him up. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's covered, but it's not edited out. There's a difference. Like if they well, went and in and airbrushed, you know. Yeah, they just intentionally excised him from whatever images, which... Yeah, but see, that may be part of the agreement. You know why should I, they I, use I him? I really don't think so. Well, he Bunny Carlos is still officially a member of the band. He still owns twenty five percent. Correct. 
So I don't know why they wouldn't be able to use his picture. As far as Bunny not being on the album, had Bunny's picture been on this album, somebody would have leveled, you know, well, why is Bunny on this album if he doesn't play one lick on it? I would imagine that they didn't put Bunny on it just out of respect for Dax, since Dax played on it. They probably uh, figured it would be a little bit disrespectful to Dax, probably, to put him on it. That's yeah, my, my guess. My, my only point would be don't use the pictures with Bunny in them. Then. Well, they didn't, PJ. Well, so, there is that ad that says Meet Cheap Trick, and Bunny's right. crossed off of it. And that there's was, the poster, the New York is in for a Cheap Trick poster, too, where they they got, like, covered bunny up too so there are a couple of pictures where where bunny's drums are in there and you don't see him in the picture well it's a minor quibble that bunny's not in those pictures right. to me to me it doesn't matter because he's not in the band why would he the, be on the cover the sense i get by looking at the pic by having the all the old pictures is would say one of two things it's either a greatest hits record or it is a throwback to the earlier days of cheap trick this that would that would be my first impression, and I think is, that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it seem like these are flyer pictures. Here's, you know, the road case kind of thing. Here you go. The poster that you hang on a, a pole. You know what I mean? I think it's better than the Bang Zoom Crazy Hello cover. Well, I we, don't think yeah. I don't think it's as good as Rockford cover. Agreed. Or, uh, the latest. Eh, I don't even remember what that cover is. So that <laughs> they've got metal detectors and Rick is buried on the on the beach. Well, that's not a bad album cover, actually. It's funny. Man. Yeah, I don't it's have a like big a John Varvatos ad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't have a big problem with with the new album cover, honestly. Well, you I don't have a problem with it. I just think it's weird to have the meat cheap trick ad with Buddy so blatantly covered yeah, up. It's correct. just kind of a weird thing to do, I think. But. Yeah. All right. Well, there. So so far, the album. So all the photos are submitted by either uh, all the guys in the band and their road manager. Yeah. So I guess you know since since you can't judge a book by its cover or a CD by its cover, let's check out track one. Now before we start, we are of course bringing in Michael Butler's patented rock and roll geek grading system and and how does that work again it's one half and zero correct yeah it's it's very unscientific but it usually works out pretty darn good so if you like the song you give it a plus one if it's eh, okay you give it a half if you don't like it you give it a zero then you tally it all up so for instance 13 tracks on the bonus on the deluxe edition if you like all 13 it's a 13 out of 13 if you hate all 13 it's a zero out of 13 you get the idea uh-huh. usually ends up working out pretty accurate so far all the ones that i've reviewed that way the unscientific method that yields scientific results yeah the idiot uh savant theory mm-hmm. and us three idiots are going to use that system okay are you, are you going to keep track uh yes i will let me uh, find something to write on here yes yeah, so i as you know, I did already did a review on the Rock and Roll Geek Show, but I, I don't think my review has changed much. Yeah, I didn't listen to yours just because good, I didn't want to yeah, yeah. have already listened to it. Yeah. But I, I want to encourage everyone to listen to your show. and what's Not this? necessary, not necessary. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And we also want to encourage folks to check out Sit and Spin with Joe Royland, who has also done a really cool review. So support your fellow podcasters. So. 
Yeah, so uh, so that's the scoring system. Excellent. We're all gonna, and we're going to all tally up our scores and compare notes. Yes. So, so please play along at home. Get a, get a scratch pad and write down whether you're voting each song a one, a half, or a zero. And if you disagree, send an email to Ken Mills. I probably won't even check it, but please do so. Or post it on the Cheap, Trick, the cheap Talk Trick Chat uh, message, uh, forums over at uh, the Facebook page. No, I, I, like it. I like it when somebody sends me like this really angry email about something, and then I just don't even look at it. Yes. Do that. I, al- I always say on the Rock and Roll Geek Show, if you disagree with me, Put in the subject line, Butler, you're an idiot. I will never listen to your show again because you gave this song. Put that in the subject line. Yeah, that way it (laughs) saves us all a lot of time, except for you. All right, the first track, You Got It Going On, written by Robin Zander, Rick Nielsen, Tom Peterson, and Julian Raymond. My guess is when the first, with the the name who's is on there first of the credits, I'm assuming that that guy brought this song to the table. Is that right? Well, you, you would think so, right? Okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that, BJ? Yes, I would think so. I think that's the standard protocol, kind of, is to put the names in order of who had the most to do with writing the song. But And since they are mixed up, depending on which song, they're, I mean, there must be some reason that they're in the different order for different songs. So, yeah. So that being said, Robin Zander brought this one to the table. So what are your thoughts of You Got It Going On, Michael Butler? I give this one a half. It's it's okay. I mean, it's good rocking guitars, good rocking riff. Robin Zander sounds great. I think the lyrics are a little uh, lazy. I think he rushed the lyrics, and the lyrics are kind of cheesy. Uh, and there's no real hook, so I'm giving it a half. Mm. BJ, your thoughts? Well, I rarely love a song that goes riff, vocal, riff, vocal. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, and where the where the yeah where the where the vocal melody doesn't intertwine with the riff, where there's not interplay. I don't really that kind of song is not my favorite kind of song, and that's what this is on the verse. It's just a standard rock song. Very little of what I would identify as cheap trick kind of essence to it. It's more just generic. Totally um, agree. Yeah, and the chorus, the verse is the, the chorus is better than the verse, but it's not a whole lot more inspired. It's just pretty basic. And, uh, you know, if you said, what's a song called You Got It Going On sound like, you would probably guess it sounds like this. It's not. There's no surprise here. So, you know, I mean, I went back and I tallied it up. And uh, if you look at the first three albums, 21 of the 28 original songs are written by Rick Nielsen uh-huh. by himself. And of the first seven albums, 51 out of 71 original songs are written by Rick Nielsen. Wow, look at this stat, man. God, that's and good so job, that, well, That's what makes a cheap trick song, is Rick Nielsen by himself. That's like 90% of what we think of as a cheap trick song. Mm-hmm. And we don't get that on this record. Nope, and nope. this song, we don't get that. It doesn't feel like a cheap trick song. It feels like this could be any rock band. And if it was a different band... It might be a little bit more impressive, but this is a cheap trick song, and it doesn't really feel like one to me. So it's not terrible, but I would agree I would give it a half. Yeah, not a bad song, just eh, not a great song. Well, I'm going to give it a one, and I'll tell you why. To me, it's kind of a generic song, but there are a couple things I really like about it. I love 
what I'm going to call... Well, BJ, you mentioned that this isn't a strictly Rick Nielsen thing. I feel that he had a lot to do with its arrangement. Like, when I hear the arrangement of the song, I hear Rick. Not so much the actual writing, but the arrangement. And by that, I mean bringing those classic Cheap Trick, Who-like elements where the band does interplay on the guitar and the drums and the bass. How they each do little riffs and things like that. So in that sense, I really enjoy that interplay. And I love how the chorus, as, as Robin's singing, you got it going on, and the, the background of the chorus is and on and on and on and on. So that's kind of a little clever thing. To me, that's the cleverest bit of the lyrics is that. My right guess there. is that's Rick Nielsen that did that and on and on. That was his I idea. I think so too. But and, it doesn't really sound like him though. No, That's I'm saying is the backing vocals. I want to hear more Rick Nielsen. Oh, the I do too. Vocals. And I get into that on the, the next thing is yeah. that there's there's a difference when you just hear Robin or a generic voice, whether it be the producer or keyboard player or whoever happens to be in the studio at that time. I want to hear Tom and Rick in the background positions with Robin. I don't want to just hear like five Robins, right? But this that could be uh, Lila Peterson doing those backgrounds. It, it could be. Or it could be Julian Raymond. Mm -hmm. But I think the idea for the on and on and on and on and on, my guess is Rick Nielsen. I could be wrong. That to me and that, that sounds is the like, best part of the song. Yeah, and to me, that, that's the most lyrically clever part of the song, and it's that part reminds me so much of something Rick would come up with. So we're all saying the same thing on that. As far as the standard music of the track, it reminds me of the same energy of Sick Man of Europe that similar kind of uh, manic bit to it but it's kind of like a stock cheap trick song in the sense of it's standard but it's not exceptional that doesn't mean it's not good the problem with this song is what comes after it in a way and whether I like the second song or not whether whether I like the second song or not it these two songs are too close together. I, I agree with you. They, they, the two songs sound very similar. I think they were going for the one-two punch kind of thing, right? Maybe. Like, you know, for example, if you listen to Kiss Destroyer or Kiss Alive 2, you've got Detroit Rock City and then King of the Nighttime World. And there's so many albums that have those great one-two punch moments coming off. This is not one of them because the songs, to me, are entirely too similar. Our second track, Long Time Coming, written by Robin Zander, Rick Nielsen, Tom Peterson, Julian Raymond. And as I said earlier, these two songs seem too similar. BJ Cramp, your thoughts on Long Time Coming? Well, this is even more generic than the first song. <laughs> Very Stop. predictable. The bridge, I wrote down the bridge is lifted from my gang, the part where he says, yeah. get me on the tour bus or whatever. Yep. It sounds a lot like my gang. From well, lyrically, I agree with you. Lyrically, is a little cheesy, but uh, go ahead. Step in on me. See, I could almost give You Got It Going On a one because I would give this song a half, and mm -hmm. I think it's worse than huh. You Got It Going On. But uh, well, this was the first song we got to hear, right? And I was yeah. not very impressed by it because um, it doesn't sound like a cheap trick song to me. It's just generic. No surprises. So... Well, it's kind of like, here we are, let's get back on the road, right? So I can understand why they thought this is the song that we want to let people know that we're, we're coming back. 
And the backing vocals on the chorus are ACDC. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But you yeah, can't. Little gang vocals. But you can hear Rick Nielsen. I think Rick is kind of buried a lot in the backing vocals, where I would like to hear, you know, the more like the what you used to get on Cheap Trick songs, which is just kind of Rick's crazy backing vocals that sometimes right. made you laugh because mm-hmm. it's just Rick back there going nuts, <laughs> and uh, I want to hear that. Right. So. Michael Butler, your thoughts. Uh, well, I gave it a plus one, believe it or not. It was the first song we heard, and when I first heard it, I said, you know, it's not bad. I had to, I compared it to, you know, when I heard the first one off of Bangs and Crazy Hello, I think was uh, When I Wake Up Tomorrow, which I thought completely sucked. So well, I wasn't what, disappointed. Wasn't, wasn't No Direction Home the first one? Anyway, I, I kind of like it. I like the rip off of... of um, all day and all the night by um, from the Kinks. Uh, it's not a great tune. I think lyrically, Robin is a little bit being a little bit lazy on the lyrics. Uh, maybe he's out of clever uh, lyrics. I don't know. Lyrics don't suck, but they're a little little lazy. But I like the chorus. I'm singing along to the chorus, so I give it a plus one. I could have easily given it a half, but I'm going a plus one. BJ, what's your score? Half. Okay. I'm going to give it a one, despite the fact that the songs are too close together, too similar. It is a stock song. It's, a, it's, it's one of those, okay, we need an energetic back-on-the-road stock rock song, and that's what this is. Uh, I really dislike the flanger effect on the background vocal at one point. It doesn't sound like a Cheap <coughs> Trick member singing, and I, I, I didn't like it on the last... Uh, lead track from Bang Zoom Crazy Hello No Direction Home. I, I didn't like it on that either. I also like how Robin rolls his R's at the beginning. I of love the second that. That's verse. my favorite part of the song. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, one cannot discount the drum, the Dream Police uh, keyboard sound effect. Yeah, the little strings thing. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that throwback. So that really pushes it into being a one. Maybe not the strongest one. But it it gets us there. So our scoring is Michael with one, BJ with half, and Ken with one. So if you're so playing along, Ken at thinks home, it's a perfect album. <laughs> well, I said it was uh, just barely into the one categories, okay, but okay. but yes, I understand what you're saying. It's kind of like Hustler. There's the full erect and semi, you know. But exactly. we'll, we'll we'll get to that later. <laughs> so nowhere track three. Written by Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, Tom Peterson, and Dax Nielsen. All hands on board as far as writing. BJ Cramp, your thoughts on Nowhere? Once again, it's pretty predictable. I probably like it more than the first two songs because I, I like. I think it has a decent hook in the chorus, but the verse is not. The verse is just very. Is, again, it's pretty generic. It's punky but generic. I mean, not really anything special. I do like the chorus more than the chorus of the last song, so I I don't I still think I give this song a half though. <laughs> yeah, it's a half. I have a theory. No one's brought this up, but I have a I think that might be Rick Nielsen singing lead vocals on this. If not, it sounds like it could be. Here's what I wrote. Uh, when I first heard this song, I did not like it. I thought, oh, we're in trouble. Because the first two songs kind of, eh. Well, vocals are buried in the mix. Yeah. And, and then when we got to track three, I'm thinking, oh, this is just not very good. But when I got to actually put the headphones on and give myself over to it, 
this song has grown on me over the week and a half or so that it's been out. Uh, like I said, I didn't like it at first, but it's a, it's a it's a trick stomper. It's it's along the lines of Invaders of the Heart or Baby Loves to Rock, right? Mm, I disagree with that. It's but. nowhere near as good as either <laughs> of those songs. Though. Again, I'm not saying it's as good, but it's in yeah. the, it's in that school of thought. My score on this one totally depends on who's singing this because if if Robin's singing this. It's verging on a zero because it's it doesn't sound good for Robin. But if Rick Nielsen's singing on it, it's kind of cool. It's, we finally hear Rick Nielsen singing lead vocals. Well, so to, I, I would it would lift it up for me. Well, it, it does sound like Rick at times. I and, think it's Robin, but I think they made a poor production choices. I think if you look at a lot of this record, either the production is too safe and generic, or when they did make a choice, it was a bad choice. And so I think that this song is poorly produced and the first two songs are just generically produced and lacking a lot of personality i think so oh, and don't forget we're getting the guy who engineered this uh on the cheap talk at the uh rocking pod so keep yeah. going bj yeah <laughs> hit him hard yeah i disagree with you about the production on this song it this this song is a grower and i think over time people are going to realize how great it is I'm thinking that it's purposely they buried the vocals in the they mix. They absolutely purposely. did. This is a punk oh, song. Oh yeah, they did for sure. They did. This is a punk song. It's not supposed to be lush. It's not supposed to be. Yeah, the, vo- the vocals are like that on purpose. It's just a question of whether or not it was a wise choice or the I best. I so, choice. I so want it to be Rick Nielsen singing. I, I so do too, but I don't think it is. But here's the thing about that. Rick and Robin at times are interchangeable. Rick would never admit that. Rick would never say that. Robin might not either, but the fact of the matter is is that Robin has always been Rick's voice in that Here's sense. another theory. Uh, Rick came in with the demo with his vocals yep. on it. Mm-hmm. Robin listened to it and said, I don't want to sing this. I don't like this. It's not me. And, uh, but it's not credited as Rick. It's Rick said it. Rick's got the first songwriting but, but credit. He's, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying it's not vocally uh, credited. No, it's Rick. not. You're right, but, but it could he, be purposely not vocally credited. Yeah. And if it is Robin singing it, he's aping Rick's demo. Yeah. All right, I give it a half. I give it a one. BJ, look at you. I give it a half. Sometimes I I, li- I listen to an album and I think, where else could this song be? What album would this be on? Right. Couldn't fit that song. Wouldn't fit on any cheap trick album. To All me. shook up. <laughs> okay. Eh. Think about it. You got to go back and look at the track listing for All yeah. Shook Up. <clears throat> I, to me, I, it, I wouldn't. I don't think it fits on any cheap trick album because it doesn't sound a whole lot like cheap trick. Well, me. I disagree. I think. Oh, it's... let's see. Stop this game. It ain't no stop this game. That's no. for sure. It ain't, it ain't no just got back. It ain't no baby loves to rock. It ain't no, definitely ain't no world's greatest lover, which I've heard. I've actually heard Rick Nielsen sing that. I right. think he, he, he it's on the box set. Yeah. yeah, yeah, No, it's not. All Shook Up's got some really quality pop tunes. High on. priest of rhythmic noise and stuff like that. All right, that's what well, I'm. All thinking. Shook Up. Now, see, now look, you made a good point. Be geeking out a little bit too much, but you made a good point. Go back and listen to All Shook Up. Compare these these songs song wise to something like All Shook Up. No comparison. No. The hooks are nowhere near. Just, we're only three songs into it, so maybe they'll get better. Well, I think this song is the first good song on the album. And also, All Shook Up 
eight of the songs are written by Rick Nielsen yes. by himself. Well, Rick Nielsen is the first name on this one. I think it's good. I don't want people to uh, get the wrong impression saying that we're trashing this album because I actually, I so far the first three songs I like I like them better than the last two Cheap Trick studio albums. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, I wanted to preface this by saying there's nothing I want more than to love this album. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I very much want to love it, but I just have to be honest about what I actually think. What you know of the songs. I- and we said it last time. As a hardcore Cheap Trick fan, you should be. Of course, you're happy that they're still putting out records. And I'm happy that it's getting good reviews. A lot of people are loving on this record. Yeah. I mean, they're just raving on it. And you should be happy. As a hardcore Cheap Trick fan, you should be entitled to be so critical. Mm-hmm. You're Absolutely. also happy they're continuing to put out music. And you want them to get good reviews. So, they have, so they're motivated to continue to keep putting out Absolutely. music. So I don't want... I don't want the people in Cheap Trick or the Cheap Trick camp, if they happen to stumble upon this, to uh, think that you're three assholes trying to be uh, dicks to uh, Cheap Trick. Right. So what's your rating on Nowhere, Michael Butler? I give it a half. Like I said, if Rick was singing, I'd give it a plus one. If Robin's singing, I'd give it a half. So I'm going to assume that it's Robin. I'm just going to – yeah, it's it's not a great tune. It's not super catchy, but it's all right. BJ? Half. Ken logs in as another one, but this is my first favorite song off of the album, meaning that this is the first time my ears perked up and said, okay, I can hear Cheap Trick in that. I like that. Our next track, number four, Radio Lover, written by Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, Tom Peterson, and Dax Nielsen. Uh, Wow. Okay. BJ, your thoughts. Well, I've had this song since like 1999 or 2000, and I always liked it, but I prefer the original demo that I have to this version. Is this from the Radiant Sessions? Well, I think, I don't know, it's from that time period. I have a CD that's just called 9697 Demos that I got, that somebody, that I traded for, for, and uh, this is the first song in there. It's also got Heart on the Line, My Obsession is on there. Um, Dream the Night Away that ended up on Rockford. So a lot of they've been mining these old yeah. mid '90s demos for all these records. But uh, and so I mean, a lot of people knew this song and were wondering when they were going to use it since they've been using all the other songs on the previous few right. albums. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a fun song. I you know, like I said, I prefer the earlier version to this version. I knew that this was a um, 
was taken from from a previous long time ago, but I had not heard the original. So the more I listen to this, the more it's growing on me, but it has not grown enough to give it a plus one. So I'm going to keep it at a half. And that being said, before I go, the more I listen to this album, actually, the more I'm liking it. It's Same gro- here. It's, it's, it's a grower, mm-hmm. as they say. But that being said, it still hasn't grown enough to be a one. I'm really torn. I would give the original version of this song a one, but I would rather listen to that than ever listen to this version. But I guess I should give it a one. Well, when I was taking notes last night, I wrote the Colbert theme song. Just kind of reminds me of that again. Reminds me of like a Pepsi commercial. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Sweet Jesus, that that cracks me up when Robin screams that. That's my favorite lyrical part of the song. Sweet Jesus, you know. (laughs) I I, I call this the weakest song thus far, but, but I'll say this. What if we put this song at position one and bounce track one and two to the end of the album? How would you have felt? as this as a kickoff. I wouldn't have liked this as the album opener. Okay, just curious to your thoughts. All right. But this is the first track on the album that I give a half. All right. So we are three halves on this one, right? Uh, No, BJ gave it a one. Okay. All right. So we've got Michael at a half, Ken at a half, and BJ at a one. Now, again, this is not a bad score for this album. So far, it's got, for me, three and a half stars. So that's not bad, right? That's pretty pretty darn good. And thank God there's a new Cheap Trick album. Thank God there's a new Cheap Trick album. Amen. Yeah, you know, the the real problem is that I'm judging this against how much I absolutely love past Cheap Trick albums. Yeah, but that's kind of not fair to It's such a high standard to be held to. But 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 that's the not fair to, it. to me. They're the greatest band in the world. That's why I hold them to such yes. a high standard. They're my right, favorite exactly. band. Yeah. If if this was Huey and the Huey Lewis in the news, <laughs> we wouldn't give a crap. This Even would though, be their best album ever. Yeah. yeah. Just look back and would Radio Lover? Would you? Would it be one of the best albums on, on one of the great classic albums? And the answer would be no. Right. Our next track. Number five, Lolita, written by Tom Peterson, Robin Zander, and Rick Nielsen. Michael Butler, your thoughts on Lolita? Oh, so my guess is first one Tom Peterson brought, or the first song so far that Tom Peterson brought to the table. Really wanted to like this one a lot. A lot of people say this is their favorite song in the album, and they say, oh, it's such a great tune. It has the potential to be a great tune. It starts off, you're getting some pop melodies, and starts off good, and then it's kind of like falls from there I, I have to give it a half I wanted to like it so much and it's just not not a it's a it's it wants to be a good pop tune but I don't think it succeeds in being a, a really good pop tune it's all right doesn't suck it's all right BJ mm-hmm. cramp yeah I have the same thing written on that it has potential but poor production choices and just production choices I disagree with I None of the say. production on this really bothers me. Same yeah. here. This song had this song sounds like a cheap trick song, especially in the verse. Yes. But the lyrics on the chorus are dumb. The chorus is kind of they kind of flub it on the chorus, I think. I like um, the hoo hoo hoo. Yeah, I like there's that part, but yep. you got it, lowly. It's just right. Ah, uh, 
you could have done you, you could have tried a little bit harder on that course i think that All being right. said there's a lot of uh personality yes. and weirdness in the yes. song but yeah the the lolita the name is bad there's if yeah. it had different lyrics in the chorus and maybe more melodic chorus so yeah there's a lot going for it but it, in the end it doesn't all come together quite well enough for me so i guess i give it i'm i guess i give it a half and michael, you want to give it you want to give it a zero no okay michael i you give it a, it a half. half okay i'm giving it a one. You're both old men. You forgot what it's... <laughs> Seriously. Come on. Get your heads out, guys. This is a fun See? track. Cheap Trick. I'm talking to you, Tom Peterson, Robin Zander, Rick Nielsen, Dak Nielsen. I love this song. This is great. Ken Mills loves it. Don't link me in with these two old geezers that have forgotten right. what it's like to shake their hips or to, more importantly, <laughs> see some girls shake their hips. This is a great, fun track. It To me, I would have... I could hear this one off one-on-one. -on -one. And you can uh, say I'm no crazy. Way. I'm telling you, <laughs> no it, it's way. it's a fun song. No I like this a way. lot. I could hear it on the doctor, maybe. <laughs> oh, cram no it, BJ. Hi. You're an old man, and let's go you, back to one on one. You, 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 I could just oh. so just so happens when I after when I was getting ready to uh, review this on the Rockwell Geek Show, I pulled up some clips from one on one when. Uh, because because one of the songs is called "If You Still Want My Love," yes. so I I compared the two. Yes. <laughs> wrong, Ken Mills. That's You're okay. Wrong. You're allowed to be wrong too. Now, see, well, guys. Also, also one on one, seven songs by, written by Rick Nielsen right, right, right. by himself. But see, here's the thing. I can't judge this album by one on one. I'm saying that to me, it sounds like a fun song that could have worked on that album. I think the band could have recorded this song and made it work on that album. That's all I'm saying by that. Let's see if they play this one in two years live. Well, that's that's an unfair standard because anytime that any band starts, you know, when 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 they when they're making out a set list, they know what has worked for 30, 40, 50 sure. some years, right? You might be right, but all right. Let me rephrase that. Ask the band or ask a fan in two years because I bet you you ask somebody now what they think of that song that everybody loved that sounded Bowie-esque Wake Up Tomorrow ask most of those people now and I'll bet you they change their mind about how good that song they probably forgot even how it sounds I would say it's one of my favorite songs off that album oh god, god. still feel that way god but here's something I'd like. That's I'd, not saying much. Listen, I, I would like I would like everybody out in internet land. This song's horrible. I would like everybody out there in internet land to listen to this. Okay, we are right now disagreeing with one another without being disagreeable. I still love Michael Butler. I still love B.J. Cram. I don't know if I can be friends with anybody who doesn't who who likes when I wake up tomorrow. But I'll just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kim these, these, these old codgers have forgotten what it's like to watch a girl right. dance. So well, a lot all, of people said Lolita is their favorite song on the album. So I could be wrong. Ken could be wrong. Uh, B.J. could be wrong. But uh, all you beautiful I don't think women so. out there, if you want to dance in front of me at the next Cheap Trick show, I would gladly welcome it. So you know. Rock on, I like man. I, I like Lolita, all right, but I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna want to put it on. It's no. never gonna happen. So no, it's one of my least favorite songs on this album. Old the old codgers give it a half, and right. the, <laughs> the cool guy 
who still has a pulse gives it a one. So there you go. The guy with the good taste that gives it a one. Hot. But uh, Tom, I enjoyed the song. I, I dig it, man. Okay, track six. Brand new name on an old tattoo, written by Todd Cerny, Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, and Tom Peterson. Michael Butler, your thoughts? Well, again, I had never heard the original of this and thought it could have been a, uh, a new song, but then I looked at the songwriting credits and I saw that Todd Cerny was the main songwriter, and he's been dead for several years, and he wrote songs on Lap of Luxury. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a great tune. As a matter of fact, this is also one of my least favorite songs on the album. BJ, your thoughts? I like this song. Yeah, I don't know when this... Like I said, I have that CD of 96, 97 demos, and there's a version of this song with just kind of scat vocals without lyrics, so this goes back. You know, that CD also has a song called Rosie, which became Roll Me on the last album. Oh. So they've gone back to all the most of these songs now for these last albums. But Todd Cerny wrote, co-wrote Let Go, the first song in Lap of Luxury. I think, I can't remember if there's something else he was involved with and woke up with a monster or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the fact that his name is on this song really makes me wonder when exactly it originated. As a cheap trick song, it's not incredibly great, but I do think it's a cool song. I do like this song. I would give it a one, but I don't think it's a great song. Uh, Are you giving it a one? Yeah. Okay, I'll give it a half. Michael, a half? (sighs) I'm torn. I'm torn. Let me me Uh check my notes. Uh, I like the pre-chorus on it, and the song is growing on. I love the second mini guitar solo that is so 100% Rick and the great pre-chorus bit is really cool. I'm going to give it a narrow one. All right. Almost a half, but it, it yeah, is, it is it, kind of generic-y, but it is growing on me. So. It's growing on me, too. Right. I still give it a half, though. All right. This is not one of my least favorites on the album. I actually kind of like this one, but I'm, I'm verging on a one, but I'm going to keep it at a half. It sounds like a cheap trick song, and it's a cool song. It doesn't have a great melodic chorus, but it's a cool song. I really like it. I would like to see this live. Yeah, me too. So BJ gives it a one, Ken a one, Michael Butler, almost uh, a one. But I'm it's... gonna, t- I'm gonna, t- 
I'm going to keep it at half to keep He's my rock credibility. He's it at half to keep his credibility, his, his cool street rock vibe. Street cred. Street cred. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. So, to me, this album is one of those growers, and I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm going to flip my cards over early. This is my favorite album since 1997. I think it's better than the last. I don't. It's not better than Rockford to me, but it's definitely it better than me. the last two. Rockford is a billion times better. I love Rockford. I just yeah, love I love Rockford too. Well, I think the 1997 Cheap Trick album was a standard, and we're. I like Rockford more than that album, even. I love Rockford. So. I think. Remember that, when uh, I said Jay, about disagreeing without being disagreeable? No. <laughs> I think BJ and I have better pop sensibilities. Than well, Ken it could Mills. be. You're old men it, worried about throwing out a hip. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So our, our score on brand new name on an old tattoo is Michael at half, BJ at one, and Ken at one. And now, this is, this is, this is it. This is the song. Track 7, Floating Down, written by Tom Peterson, Robin Zander, and Rick Nielsen. I can't go first because it's just a love fest for me. Who wants to take the lead on this? Well, I like this song. It's a good song. I like it. But I went back and, you know, this is in competition with one other song for being my favorite on the record. But I went back and I looked and if this is my favorite there's seven songs on the 1997 album I like more than this song. Cool. There's three or three or four on Special One. There's at least six on Rockford, and there's four or five on the latest that I definitely like more than this song. And so if this is my favorite on this record, you can see that that's still not saying that much for me because this doesn't rank highly in like the history of Cheap Trick for me as a song. It's I like it. It's good. I, of course, I like this song, but I don't think it's amazing or anything. So, <laughs> so you give it a plus one? Yeah, definitely. I give it a plus one. Yeah. Michael Butler. I love this tune. I've, I listened to this song. I said, finally, finally a Cheap Trick song. Kudos to Tom Peterson. But I do see BJ's point. It is a great, it is a really good tune. It, it would not be the best song on on Special One or the self-titled 97, 
or uh, Rockford. But it is a great, it's a, it's a really good song. I like it a lot, so I'm giving it a plus one. But I do see BJ's point. I'm glad BJ went first because I was gonna I was gonna um, rave on it like Ken. <laughs> but well, I give it a plus one. I, I like the song. It's my favorite song on the. It's well, it's my second favorite song on the album. I was afraid when the song first started playing to my ears that it was going to be nothing but whipped cream. That this was going to be just something that sounded nice, lush, and pretty. I thought it would be a birthday cake made entirely of frosting. But there's a lot of cake underneath this frosting. And I love, love, love the lyrics of this song. Everything I love about Cheap Trick (laughs) is in this song. From the sadness to the sense of drama to the beautiful lushness, it's all there. This is bits of Mandicello, bits of everything from like, you know, we've talked on this show about when you have a great Cheap Trick ballad, there's that sense of menace or sadness. Actually, it's all there. And there's a really... Ken, you changed my mind. <laughs> All right. Talk I think it. it could fit quite well on um, self-titled 97 album. Absolutely it could. Oh, yeah, sure. This could go on other records. It just wouldn't be the best song on those other records. But uh, it's it a, I really like the song. It would probably be one of my favorites. I think it's up there with Carnival Game. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, no and, way. If, I don't I say that. But. Well, whatever. Uh, I think Tom Peterson... Think of... Well, just think of how intricate Carnival Game is. This this song is kind of one, you know, there's not a lot yeah. of changes in this That's song. That's Tom Peterson's writing style, too. Yeah. yeah. He has more of that. Uh, but Carnival Game is a, Carnival Game is such a skillfully written yeah, song. Yeah, you're right, like, yes. Really, you know. Well, there's also a musical callback to I Can't Take It. I like every, I, th- I just listened to this. I like the intro. I like the verses. I like the chorus. I like everything about the song. I love the production of it. I love the fact that it is a audio painting. It, there's so much going on in this. And, and the actual song never gets lost. There's a lot of times when you can get, add so much stuff to a song that it loses its way. This song does not lose its way. And it, the, the lyrics floating down, I mean, just the actual lyrics by themselves, if, if I were to just read this, I would love this song. You know what I'm saying? So it speaks a lot to me lyrically. Sometimes I'm falling down, sometimes I hit the ground. My turn to turn around, you know? Nobody showed me all by myself. And it has like this thing where it says, my turn to turn around, you know? Nobody showed me all by myself. He's not saying... Nobody showed me I did this all by myself. At that point, it changes from nobody showed me to I am all by myself. There's a lot of lyrical depths going on, and the way this song is literally tight. No wonder, no wonder your wife married you, Ken Mills. Well, I you am, are such a romantic. I am America's sweetheart and <laughs> beloved by thousands. But uh, this, to me, if no other song was on this CD, I would have gladly have purchased it just for this. 
It's the best song on the album. Like I said, everything I love about Cheap Trick is in here. Rick's incredible yet muted guitar parts are in there. Robin's voice is angelic. I hear Rick's voice in there a little bit. Um, the callback to "If You Want," uh, not "If You Want My Love," but uh, "I Can't Take It." Uh, the lyrics are incredibly strong. The highest erect one possible. What I like about it is on the Schwing. second half, second part of it was floating. Oh, it goes baritone. It sounds yes. cool. I like the song a lot. Yeah, it's a really nice song, and they should definitely <laughs> be trying to get this song out there. Like, get the you know. This is like clearly the single that they should be trying to get attention yeah. with. Instead, yeah, I think they're trying to make a statement that they're rocking. Yeah. We all, we all three agree that it's a plus one. We're all, I'm going to eat a big cake made entirely out of frosting later, by the Give way. Give it a it's big gonna, plus one. Yeah. Highest direct one possible. Schwing. All right. Almost big enough to lift Radio Lover to a plus one. It's such a plus one. Wow. You're not right. Not that good. A plus plus one. All right, so again, our scores are one across the board on that one. It's the perfect track thus far. Track eight, She's All Right, written by Robin Zander, Tom Peterson, and Rick Nielsen. Now, you guys know I love Cheap Trick, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to say this because I even like the band I'm going to reference, but you almost feel like uh, I'm, someone... I'm, I wonder if you're going to reference the same band as I'm going to reference. You almost feel like somebody slipped a train track on here. And I don't mean something that a train oh, rides not, on, not but the a same train band. CD. No. I, I'm listening to this. And this, should, this sounds like something that would be on a train CD. And they would have a hit with it, too. They seriously would. That's uh, not the band I was thinking of. Oh, well, who were, who were you thinking? Wait till I guess what's my turn. Oh, okay. Sorry. I like this song. It's light. It's fun. I'm, I see chicks and wine coolers bopping along to this. I, I can dig that because I'm not an old man like you guys. But uh, The ladies nowadays are drinking wine coolers? Sure, why not? Zimas. Yeah. They're drinking Zimas. Remember Zimas? Uh, so <laughs> I like this song. I don't know if I would have... When I, when I hear it, I don't go, Wow, that's cheap trick! But it's All good. Right. What do you give it? I think I'm going to give it a half. But having said that, I think a year from now, if I'm still digging this album like I am, might be a, a one. So it's it's on the it's on the cusp. Uh, Dax's drumming on the last two songs were perfect on point, which is a slight stagger, and it continues here. I love the solo section. I'm going to give it a one. Huh. All right. Train, cover this. You'll have a hit. All right. Now that I've said nice things about it, I'm going to get out of the way, and we're going to bring little BJ Cramp, who's going to stand in front of the microphone. Yeah, this is Destined to Rank as one of my least favorite of all Cheap Trick songs of the entire oh, catalog. Nice. Sure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Definite zero. Ooh. And I never want to hear it again. I apologize to anyone I'm offending with this. It's just my opinion. I do not like this song at all. And it doesn't, I don't, wouldn't even call it a cheap trick song. BJ I don't know what the hell Cramp. it is, but I know it's a zero. That's for BJ sure. Cramp's opinion only reflect <laughs> his views. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right. My turn? Yes. Yeah. Well, I saw the title. It said, she's all right. So I thought she's tight. Yep. So I went and listened to She's Tight. 
I was disappointed there, and I started listening, and I said, this song sounds familiar to me. It sounds like, this sounds like a B-side off a Traveling Wilburys album. Okay, all right. Yes, I agree with you. That was my other reference, was uh, the Traveling Wilburys, because there's that uh, very Harrison-ish sound that Rick's doing you know what i mean or maybe that's singing as well yeah and that could even be robin t zander for all i I have nothing against traveling wilburys but this is not one of the better traveling wilburys tunes a uh b robin's lyrics are extremely lazy on this song she's all right she's all right she's all right with me she's got it going on whatever it's not got you get my point it's just lame lyrics it's verging on a zero, but I'm going to be very generous and give it a half. You know, now that I think about it, I actually could hear George Harrison and Roy Orbison and them trading tracks on this. She's all right with me. You know. Yeah, it's, it's just... <laughs> She's all just, right with it's, me. It's know? just lazy lyrics. I mean, yeah, you want it... The, the other, the top sensibility could be, well, keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just... It's, don't. The lyrics aren't good. Yeah, we get it. She's okay with you. We get it. It sounds to me like a guy who's drunk and he's like, oh man. It doesn't. So I agree. Cool. It doesn't sound like a cheap trick song. Yeah, on that I think we all agree on. I yeah, bet this you, is a Robin Zander solo album song for sure. Yeah, watch him play this. It, I was gonna say it could be on um, Countryside Boulevard, but no. We should review that album together. Actually. We will. But, we will. Uh, it's it's. I don't like it. I can see everybody going to the bathroom and get, or getting a beer when they play this, if they played this one live. I would. If I was holding in my piss <laughs> at the Cheap Trick show, I want to. I, I got to use the bathroom really bad. If they played this one, I'd go use the bathroom. You want to know why I wouldn't? A, because I'm at a Cheap Trick show, but this is probably the only time you're ever going to hear it, folks. If, it, if they play this live this year, I don't see it coming back in five years. I don't see it coming back in ten years. I hope not. No, BJ. By the way, last night, last night at the Sticks show, it was the last song. Where they were coming back for the encore. Mm-hmm. I had to go to the bathroom really, really bad. And I pulled out the beer can and filled it back up. Right. <laughs> Did you give it to anyone? Like, here you go, I left buddy. it by the... Uh, left it on the little platform where the uh, security guys were working. <laughs> so somebody picks it up and is cleaning and they piss Well, I, I could have done over. that or I could have put it on the floor and somebody could have kicked it over. Yeah. Either way, someone's cleaning piss up. I had to go bad and I you didn't know, want you to... You could have autographed that can and someone who's a fan I know it's wrong your... to do, but I had to go really You bad. didn't want to miss Come Sail Away? <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. I, did, I really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I Actually, I think the that they played Renegade was the last oh. song, yeah, but I didn't want to miss that either. You were such a Renegade urinating into a beer can. I wasn't <laughs> doing it to make a statement. I was doing it because I didn't want to pee my pants. Statement nonetheless. It's all right. She's all night. She's all right Track uh, nine, Listen to Me, written by Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, Tom Peterson, and Dax Nielsen. Another <clears> songwriting <throat> credit for Dax. BJ, your thoughts? This is a fine song. It's not Rick's A. He's not bringing his A game on this one. It's more on the level of maybe like Wrong All Along or uh, Come come On, Come On, Come On. Like some of the 
you know, good but not great songs from the previous albums. Um, I mean, it's it sounds like a cheap trick song. It just doesn't have the greatest hooks. I like it. Hmm. I try to decide between a half or a one on this one. Gotta keep on rocking. Why should she? What the fuck's that mean? Here are the lyrics. Right, right. Something's gotta give. Gotta keep on rocking. Why should she? Early to bed, early to rise. Look at my leg. Look at the size. Look at the size. <laughs> I guess I'll give this one a one. Similar situation, satisfied point of view. From where I'm standing, all this attention, all of this points to you. You, you, you don't listen to me. Now, now, I'm ready for you. Hope you're ready. Ready as me. Well, you should listen to me. Hope you're ready for me. I know I'm ready for you. No, no, you don't listen to me. I know you won't listen to me. Early to bed, early to rise. Look at my hands. Look at the sides. Look at the sides. Yeah, I don't like the look at the size line. This gets the Paul Stanley Bad Songwriting Award. Huh. Read my body type lyrics on this. Are the letters so you big so enough? I think you don't like this one. Yeah. That part... Of, Who's going to be in bed with a chick going, look at the size of my hands? Oh, it just is weird. Anyway. These are lyrics that were written in five minutes and then sung immediately afterwards, probably. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, not a lot of thought went into them, but, you know, they 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 um, serve a purpose, <laughs> I guess is all they do. They make noise, that's about it's it. It's a fun cheap trick song. It's just not a great cheap trick song. So. I'm going to give it a half. Michael? I give it a plus one, too, for the exact same reasons that BJ does. I think it's a fun, cheap trick, too. It's not a great tune, but it's a good tune. I'm singing along to the chorus. I like it. It's okay. I mean, it's, it's a decent, cheap trick song. It's worthy of a one. No, it's no classic, but it's it's up there with... It's, it's up there with, It has the cheap trick sound. It's, yes, it it's does. an identifiable cheap trick song. Yes, it does. BJ, your vote? Yeah, I gave give it a one. It's okay. in the top half of the songs of the album I would say so. I, what should I do guys see I'm torn because on one hand Rick Nielsen's guitar break at the beginning of the pre-solo I love it the chorus is cool uh, Rick saves the song and he makes his presence known and I wrote love it plus one but I'm reading those lyrics so it's like the difference between like you're actually listening to the song and you're into the music and it's jamming, got the headphones on, you're digging it, but then you sit down and read the lyrics and uh, it brought it down. You can't, you can't really judge it based on the lyrics out of context. Oh damn it, so. BJ! Click, click, click. It's now a one. So you changed your score? Yes, despite the awkwardly weird lyrics about look at the size of my leg and the size of my hands the the, the song rises above the lyrics look at my leg look at the size look at the size <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say about people with big legs don't you they've got big legs and why does all this looking then go to listening yeah <laughs> maybe he's high and he's like, look at my hand. Look at my, my leg. Listen to me. No, she's no, listen. She's not looking at the size because she's not listening. So yeah. he needs her to listen so she knows to look at the size. Yeah. Right. I, th I think it, You're overanalyzing the lyrics. I think the guy's <laughs> high or drunk, 
and he's like freaking out at like look at my hand it's huge and he's like i'm gonna keep on rocking but why should she she's not listening to me she's not looking you know all this attention points to you i'm ready i want to jam with you let's get this thing going and yeah, what do you think he means is? when he says the attention is pointing? <laughs> you know what he's talking I like about. I kind of like talking the, about the size. His schwancy. I kind of like the double entendres. I, I like it more because of that. And then there's the the outgoing thing. It says, "I've got a feeling you don't approve." The one big difference between me and you, the one sticking point, I'm stuck on you. So eye to eye, we'll see it through. So. <laughs> Gene Simmons would be proud of these lyrics. <laughs> I don't think they're bad. I kind of think they're kind of clever. They're, they are clever in in the long run, but just the look at my the, the look at the size. It's just Quite creepy. Frightening, the size. Yeah. yeah I I Mike, Michael's right. He's trying to be funny. So. Yeah. Like I said, I think the guy's drunk. They're not meant high. to be taken seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's one of the stronger songs. Now on the I'm album. turning yeah. into an old man, and you two have. <laughs> So you changed it to a one, or I you changed it to yes. a one. All right. Okay. Track ten: "The Rest of My Life," written by Tom Peterson, Robin Zander, Rick Nielsen, Julian Raymond. To me, this is sounds like it could have come off '97 again. I love this song. This song will fit me like a pair of comfortable jeans at times. Uh, Robin shines very hard on this. This is, again, what I love about this band. I love the sense of drama at the center of the song with the solo excellence. I love the ending with Robin's vocals and Dax drumming. Uh, one of the album's secret weapons the rest of my life. BJ, your thoughts? Well, it's an ambitious song. Yes. But the, the lyrics and the, the melody of the verse just don't flow. It's kind of clumsily done. Um... The chorus is great. The lyrics in the chorus are great. The chorus is really cool. There's a lot of cool elements of the chorus. I don't think the verse is that good, though. The music is great, and the chorus is great, but the delivery of the verse is kind of awkward and doesn't really work, which kind of hampers the song. But I would give it a one, but it could have been better, too. So, Michael Butler. I also, I agree with BJ. The When you first hear it, uh, it's a little bit. Well, it has that that Tom Peterson. All there's the common thread of these of the Tom Peterson songs is that dreaminess about it. Yes. It starts off. I'm thinking, oh, this song's gonna be a little bit dull, but then the chorus lifts it up, so it makes me like the songs. So I'm giving it a plus one. It'll fit like comfortable I, jeans and time. Well, right? I'm not gonna say that. That's kind of. Let's uh, <laughs> not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> There's cool stuff going on in the chorus, like when all of a sudden that my that part yeah. comes in, and the, yeah, the the chorus is cool and the BJ lyrics would, are good too. And it reminds me of the it reminds me of something from the self-titled '97, yeah. which is why I like the song. Same here. Yeah, yeah. BJ, could you sing the chorus for me, <laughs> please? It's also it's also this is a this song is like a, the latest. You know, there were so many of these kind of songs on the latest that were kind of mellow. Ballady type songs. Mm -hmm. I think this song is, uh, yeah, similar to the latest too. I wonder what the origin of this song is, like how old it is. I bet it's a little bit older, but I don't know. But I, re I really dig the Tom Peterson uh, ones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, me too. Except for Lolita. 
blasphemy. So three ones across the board? Yeah. Yes. All right. So for those keeping score at home, it's three ones for the rest of my life. And BJ, so, you, won't, you won't sing part of the chorus for me? <laughs> no, so that would conclude the the uh, standard edition. Yes. Should we give yeah. the Should we give the scoring of the standard edition at this point? I think we should. All right. Set it up. So I mine comes into half. Mine comes out of, to a seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. All right, and Ken Mills comes to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Wait a minute. Not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, nine and a half out of ten. That's almost a perfect album. So, so Ken really, really loves it. So he only gave one song a half. Yeah, every other one's a every other one's a complete one. So. Ken Mills really, really likes this a lot. Just the first 10. BJ comes out to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of 10, just like me. And seven out of 10 is not a bad album. Not a bad score. It's a D. <laughs> no. Is it? No, it's a C. It's a C plus. I would say it's a, it's a B minus even. It's a B minus, actually. Yeah, it could be depending on... I mean, when if I it, was in school, a 70% was a D. Yeah, I understand. I don't know but, what it is now. Yeah, but it's no, not... Think, yeah, but we're not looking at an, an A, a through F score. 10 is the best. 1 is barely listenable. 0 is dead. 5 is... It's half a great album. By Robert Crisco's Consumer Guide from uh, Cream Magazine or yes. whatever, whoever he wrote for, that w- it would be a C plus mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or a C. It would actually be probably a C. But, a but C. Ken, the cool guy, the, the hip one, the sexy person on, on board. So <laughs> now we're into what is the deluxe album. And I think that these three songs should be on the standard album. Like, it would really piss me off if I was walking through Kmart or Hills or whatever store and I found this album and I said, wow, I got the new Cheap Trick record. And then my, I'd walk into my brother's house and he'd go, well, mine has three more songs on it. It would really piss me off. <sighs> so so where f- is the deluxe edition? Where is the standard edition only available? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But I, I don't know why there are two Maybe different. the standard edition doesn't exist. Maybe they're all the deluxe well, edition. Well, I've seen people talking about a jewel case. Like, some yeah. people want a jewel case, and I think yeah. the standard has a jewel case. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. So the jewel case only has 10 songs on it. I from, guess. From my I'm thinking maybe that you're thinking I don't know it's all just a marketing is. play. I need to see proof that there are are copies in existence with only ten songs on it. Like like there's is my a... vinyl going to have ten songs? If it does, I'll be pissed yeah, off. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, we'll find out when my vinyl comes out. All right. Well, the first song on the on the 
Well, track 11. Yes, track 11 of the deluxe edition. I'm just going to call it tr- track 11. They're not going to be the first song of the deluxe edition. We'll just Screw go that. To go it's fine track until 11. I have proof there's no deluxe, until I have proof there's no standard edition. As far as I'm concerned, it's all a marketing tool. They said it's deluxe and that everybody gets all posh and has to go buy it. Yes. Track 11, Blackberry Way, written by the great Roy Wood. You going to keep doing that the rest of the show, Ken Mills? <laughs> I should, but I won't. <laughs> Go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, George Harrison from Hard Day's Night. Um, yeah, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> he passed the audition. Huge comedy. Great podcasting comedy. Track 11, Blackberry Way, written by Roy Wood. BJ Cramp, your thoughts? Well, I love this song, but I didn't need this version of it. I it's kind of pointless to me. And I, I thought it was hilarious how many people I saw on Facebook who thought this was an original Cheap Trick song. <laughs> like, I saw somebody say, oh, they were really influenced by Sgt. Peppers on this song. <laughs> huh, huh. That's still valid. No, they were saying that Cheap Trick doing the Sgt. Peppers in Vegas thing yeah. <laughs> influenced them to write this song. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is is that that was in the air when Roy Wood wrote this, you know what I mean? It was that, was that time. Yeah. So... In a sense, I, don't, I did. I wasn't asking for a cheap trick version of Blackberry Way. In fact, you know, I mean, they could have done a more surprising, interesting cover than another Move song or another Roy Wood song, probably. <coughs> yeah, I'm not an authority on um, on the Move, so I can't say if, I, I can't say with authority how true this is to the rhythm. But I like it. The chorus is very sing along. I like the tune. It's a great song. <laughs> yeah. Well, BJ, can you play some of that here? I just want to make sure I'm understanding. It makes sense as a bonus track. Yeah, okay, so it makes sense as a bonus track. I just want to make sure I understand you're giving it a zero. Nah, I'll give it a one, because I like the song. Okay. All right, so, all right. Michael Butler, your thoughts on I like the song. It's a good version. I'm singing along to the chorus. As far as as quality of song, it's probably the best song in the album as far as actual songwriting. But um, So I give it a plus one. Well, I'm so glad that the Sgt. Pepper's album came out that Cheap Trick were influenced to, to do this this year because of the box. No, I'm kidding. That's just a, said to make BJ's head explode. Uh, but the Beatleliness of it speaks to my inner Beatle nerd and in that, like I said, it was written around the time that all that was in the air. Um, it's a great rendition, and it shows that folks need to check out Roy Wood and the move, right, BJ? Yeah, of course. Rick's solo reminds me of George Harrison's tone, and it's hard to believe that this is a bonus track for one Ken Mills. I, I, my like mind I said, bottles. forget about bonus tracks. There's no bonus tracks until it's we have It's all a myth. 
It's all a myth. Myth. Yes. <laughs> Muppet movie joke there. Oh, podcasting humor there. But I, I, I dig it. I'm glad it's on it. It's on my proper version of this album. So, plus one all, for Ken. We all give it a plus four. Yippee. So full of emptiness without love. Lost in the words that I said. What am I supposed to do now? Track 12, Like a Fly, written by Robin Zander, Rick Nielsen, and Tom Peterson. I love Dax's Keith Moon driving-type drumming in it. Uh, excellent track. Love the pre-chorus. Love how the band ends it with Tom stomping, and I get to hear the 12-string-type tone and sound. Michael Butler, your thoughts on Like a Fly? I think this should have been the opener for the album. I think it's my favorite song on the album, and it would set the tone <clears throat> for the album it's a good cheap trick song i think the chorus is catchy as hell mm-hmm. i just love it i like the song it's my favorite song in the album i give it a big plus one wow your favorite song on yeah it's the my favorite album. song in the album wow what makes it your favorite song just musically lyrically uh, what well it starts off good it's got a i'm gonna pull it up here so i can hear it a all right bit. Right, this should have kicked off the album. I love you, Michael Butler. Yes, this should have been the opener. God damn it, it should have been. How was that not the opener? It's like Stop This Game. It has a little bit of Stop This Game qualities. It's like... uh. It's got the great that jing, that clinking guitar, which is great. The it's who? got the we won't power get fooled chord. again kind it of a thing. It sets the tone for the beginning of an album. This says, We're back, motherfuckers. We rock and we have oh. melody. So the two bonus tracks should have been you got it going on in long time coming. This should have been the opening track. There's no bonus tracks, but this should have been the opening yeah, okay, song. Okay, all right. <laughs> Big plus one. My favorite song. Classic cheap trick. I love everything about this tune. I love this song. I just love this song. I hope they play this song live. Please play it live. And it will fit me like a new pair of jeans and yes, and a comfortable pair of jeans with whipped cream frosting. It's a great tune. If anybody disagrees, you, BJ, you're wrong. Go ahead. I'll trash it. <laughs> Look at the size of these hands. Look at them. BJ, your thoughts on Like a Fly? 
Well, you might have noticed when I said Floating Down was in competition with another song to be my go, favorite. On yes! The yeah, this is the song. This is... Shouldn't this be the opener? It's the perfect opener. I, I hadn't thought solid. about it, but you're right. It, w it would have been a great opener. It's probably the best song on the record. The it most, grabs you immediately. the most, like, cheap trick. The <sighs> one thing I would say is I wish there were some Rick Nielsen backing vocals on the chorus. Yes, 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 yes. That's nitpicking. That is yeah, nitpicking. Yeah, it is. It's a great song. And it's either this or floating down is the best on the album. And yeah, the idea that it's considered Michael keeps refuting that it's a bonus track, but essentially it is. <laughs> and, uh, there are no bonus tracks. At, at, at this group. point, I am now, after we're done with this recording, I'm going to resequence my MP3s. This is now the opening track. If anybody has the standard edition, could they please uh, post it on the Cheap Talk Trick Chat um, Facebook page or send it BJ an email or uh, Ken an email and show a picture of the standard of your copy of that one with no bonus the tracks, mythical, please. I, and if you have a picture of Bigfoot... Now he admits they're bonus tracks. <laughs> if you have a picture of Bigfoot holding the standard edition... <laughs> I just, until I see proof, I'm not going to think, believe that there is a standard edition. I could be wrong. I probably am wrong, but I, I have not seen proof of it yet. Talk and about if it is proof, and if, it, and if there is a standard edition and this song is not on it, bad move by Cheap Trick. Real bad move because this song is the best Cheap Trick song on the album. And it's, it's one of my favorite. Well, I'm not going to go that far. The two best Trick tracks are like great a fly tune. and <laughs> yes. floating down. Those are the two best tracks. Yeah, yes. definitely. So, three big plus one. Three big three, hard three, erect. Three boners up. <laughs> Look at the size. Look at the size. <laughs> three bouncing erect. It's pointing at you. <laughs> yeah, it's pointing at you. Look at the size. Look at the size. I can be as creepy as Robin on that. Okay, I love you, Robin. Just having fun with the the lyrics and the the I, you were having fun when you did that performance. It, it was very fun. Track thirteen. If you still want my love, and which thankfully there wasn't a fourteen song called uh, "I Still Want You to Want Me," so or we're still the Dream Police. So the track. Track 13, If You Still Want My Love, written by Robin Zander, Rick Nielsen, Tom Peterson, Julian Raymond. My notes are, why the fuck is this a bonus track? As great as the first two songs are, the best of the album is from track 5 on. So much better than Bang Zoom Crazy Hello, which I was typing on my phone and it came out as Many Zoom Crazy Hell. Uh, I believe <laughs> that's my new name of Bang Zoom Crazy Hello is Many Zoom Crazy Hell. That makes as much sense. I believe this is my fave album since 1997's Cheap Trick self-titled Cheap Trick album. Uh, this is a great headphone song as well. So, Michael Butler, your thoughts on track 13. So you give it a plus one. Yes. Well, I saw the title. And I said, oh, maybe it's a variation if you, want, if you want my love. You got it. Went back and listened to If You Want My Love, one of my favorite Cheap Trick songs of all time. Started listening to this song. I said, oh, this sounds pretty good so far. I'm really liking this. And then it got to the chorus, and it pulled the rug out from under me. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're building up. 
what is potentially a great tune, and you come and builds up. You're thinking it's hitting that roller coaster up to the top, and it's going to go to a huge hook. It goes goes from great melody, great melody, great melody, melody to shit chorus. <laughs> Which was the working title for the song, right? Shit chorus. So I give it a half. I mean, I wanted to like it. It had the potential to be a great song, and the chorus just let it down to me. Mm. So a half. BJ, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, I think I would give it a one. I agree the chorus isn't as good as the rest of the song. And, you know, it's not an incredibly great song. I do think these last two songs that are attacked on the end are two of the better songs on the record, so it's weird that they're... Not a bonus. They're not bonus shots. Forget <laughs> yeah. that. I, th- I like it, but I agree it's not great. So, rank the album Michael Butler. All right. Well, <clears throat> BJ gives all 13 tracks the... the the quote deluxe edition BJ gives it a 10 out of 13 which is a pretty pretty good score not a great score but a pretty good I would say he gives it a I would say he gives it a B C plus or a B Ken Mills 12 and a half out of 13 near perfect album to Ken Mills <laughs> near perfect band I give it a nine and a half out of 13. Slightly lower than BJ Cramp. Although BJ's, by the attitude of his reviews of the songs, could sound like he's being a little bit harsher on it than me. I don't believe that BJ's being harsh. I believe that what BJ is doing is loving this band. And when you love something, you can say this was better than that instead of just sitting there going, everything they did was fantastic. So I liked it. So according to the score, I liked it a little bit less than BJ, but I still like the album. I think it's the best out of the three, the last three albums. It's not as good as Rockford. Rockford's head and shoulders above this, uh, but it's better than the latest and it's better than Bangs and Crazy Hello. So that's in, that means Cheap Trick is headed in a good direction. And please, Cheap Trick, keep coming. Don't even wait two years for the next album. Let's get going on that Let's next one now. start it now. Let's go. So the overall score on the Mythical Standard Edition is... Ken at... The, the not with... Uh, thir- ten songs? Yes, the, the Mythical Seven Standard. Seven out of ten. Or Ken, you have nine and a half out of ten on the ten. Nine and a half writing them down okay and michael you've got i had a seven out of ten and bj had seven out of ten so i just like the last song slightly less than you guys and the the deluxe edition the only one that really matters and bj's was what 10 out of 13 10 out of 13 Uh, no 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 10 out of 10 what 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 was his seven out of 10 seven out of 10 okay now the deluxe version What's the rankings? BJ has a 10 out of 13. Okay. Ken Mills has a 12 and a half out of 13. And Michael Butler has a 9 and a half out of 13. I would not give the album a B. I would give it a C. If I was... That's about right. You've given it a, you're giving it slightly, probably a, a C plus. I'm giving I agree it... it's definitely better than Bang Zoom, but I don't think I like it more than the latest. I might like it more than Special One. It it would it would uh, rank it's as not one of my least special one. It's not better than Special One. 
special. This album would still rank as one of my least favorite Cheap Trick albums. Oh my Bang god. Bang Zoom is my least favorite of all Cheap Cheap Trick albums, and then this one is in the bottom, you know, well, three or four. Is this one better than the, one better than the Doctor? No. Ah! Okay. All right. All right. Is it Doctor better? is poorly produced, but there's great songs on it. Is it better than Standing on the Edge? No way. <laughs> no right. way. Is it better than Lap of Luxury? No. Is it better than Special One? Maybe. Yes. Special One, you're so wrong on Special One. You guys That's are okay. so wrong it's, on Special One. I love you better anyway. than Special One, but not a whole lot better. Special One is a fucking great album. <laughs> I want Great to album. love it because I want to love every Cheap Trick album. And here's the thing. Even if it's the worst Cheap Trick album, it's still a good Cheap Trick album in that sense. It, it, well, it's, you know, it's like, like Lap of album, Luxury. Right? Lap of Luxury has some subpar material, but songs like Let Go and Never Had a Lot to Lose are so much better than anything on this record. I like so much more than anything on this record that it's just not really... Is this album better than one-on-one? <laughs> Hell, one on one is one of my favorites. Is this album better than Next Position, Please? Hell no, Next Position, Please is great. Is this album better than In Color? <laughs> better than In Color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it better than Heaven Tonight? Obviously not. Is it better than, <laughs> is it better than Dream Police? <laughs> but it is. It's not better than The Doctor. Is it better than Busted? That, I don't know. I don't know. There's some great songs on Busted. All right. Probably not. I probably like Busted. Is it better than Bunny's Basement Bootlegs, (laughs) Volume 4? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay. Well, keep going, Cheap Trick. Go listen. uh, Give us another Rockford. Is it better than All Shook Up? I like oh, this yeah. album better than Rockford. I'm sorry. Oh, Rockford is so much better. Rockford is a okay. great album. Come on. Welcome to the world. Perfect Stranger. If it takes a lifetime, this yeah. time you got it. Give it away. Every night and every day. All those songs destroy all those songs anything on this all record. All those songs are great. You're absolutely yeah. right. They're He's so great. You're right. See, for some reason, the latest and Rockford did not hit me overall. I you love specific... To, you better go... How long has it been since you listened to Rockford? I love specific songs on that album that they're so excellent and wonderful and great, right? But there's some that just... What's that coffee? Caffeine? caffeine? Decaf. Yeah. See, things That's like that drive song. me insane. See, when special, when special One came out, I was real disappointed. But when Rockford came out... I was amazed by how great it was. Just absolutely loved it. And then the latest was not nearly as good as Rockford, but I still really liked it quite a bit. But, you know, I've been... How can you not like Special One? That album is so (laughs) underrated. So good. So good, man. Someday we need to we need to do something. We need to we, we need to. We take, did a special one episode already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is we need to do this thing, where we just take each album and put it up against one another. And at the end of it, there's only one album that can exist. A uh, final four. Uh, yeah. What do you call it? All right. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do that. Okay. Well, guys. This has been a good one. I have to go. 
Okay. Hello, I must be going. Michael, I'm so glad that you're part of this show. This is a labor of love. And that's what this show is about. That's what this episode is about. There are people who listen to our thoughts on Bang Zoom Crazy, Hello, and they said, oh, they, I guess they didn't like the record. But if you look at our scores, it's still a cheap trick record. We love it. I we, didn't like the record. You're oh, not allowed up. to li- if, if you're a cheap trick fan, you're not allowed to not like a record? That's how some people think. Well, they're idiots, and if Cheap Trick thinks that you're not allowed to not like the record, they're idiots, but they're not idiots, and they don't nope. think that. Well, like I said, Cheap Trick established an incredibly high standard with how amazing their albums have yeah. been. Excuse us super fans for, being, for having high standards for their favorite band. Excuse the hell out of us. <laughs> the point that we're all getting to is we love this band. They're the best band. They're my favorite band in the world. I'm entitled to be critical of my favorite band in the world. As a Cheap Trick fan, looking at these last couple albums especially, I want more I like Rick this Nielsen. Album. I want more Rick Nielsen. I like having Robin Zander as, as bringing in a lot of songs. I just think he, he, he could have been a little bit better. I would love Robin Zander bringing in a lot of songs to his solo albums, but I, a Cheap Trick album needs to have a lot of Rick Nielsen. Because that's how that's the cheap trick that we've come to know and love over all these years. It's mostly Rick Nielsen. Right. Well, that's also the the creative force of it. So that is also the beauty of cheap trick fans. They can disagree. I think Ken Mills' point is: don't call each other names because you disagree. Right. You can disagree without being disagreeable. Maybe for the next album, try a different producer. Uh well, Julian Raymond, love hit love that guy or don't love that guy. I've heard from who I think are reliable sources that without Julian Raymond, those guys wouldn't even be making new music. He's yeah, I don't have that, a problem with I don't have a problem with Julian Raymond, but you know why why do they need to use the same producer on every record? And you know, like they just worked with Jack Douglas because they recorded she said she said for Howard Stern with him. Yeah. And so, God, you know, do a record with Jack Douglas or something. Try something different than just work with the same guy over and over. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but I want to thank Julian Raymond for uh, get, at least pushing the band to continue writing music. And thanks to Big Machine, whatever. I don't know yeah, if they're a huge and, record and or Mr. whatever. Uh, at least somebody's putting their music out. Yeah. We, yeah, we are so sure. glad that there is a new Cheap Trick record to talk about. If there's something you need to take away from this... Thank God there's a new Cheap Trick record. Exactly. Thank God we're all here. It's 2017, motherfuckers. We're still breathing. And Cheap Trick, don't rest on your laurels because you got three assholes going to pick you, or, or two assholes and one ass kisser going to pick <laughs> you apart. I'm groovy. I'm still hip. I like to see the girls drinking wine coolers and shaking hips, not like you old fogies. Now, where's my my large whipped cream cake Look at the That's size. Right, yeah, Look if, at the if size. If you don't maintain the standards of the first three records, we're going to point it out. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? It's it's impossible when you make music as fucking good as Cheap Trick has. Make one as good as Special One. That's all I ask. Yeah. Uh, make one as good as Rockford. <laughs> I like yeah, 1997. And you know what? You know what, motherfuckers? I like We're All Right. The deluxe version. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So, if, the bonus said, tracks. yeah. So, if anyone has 
the actual standard edition, please send a pick. And if you can get the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot holding up the standard edition, because we, Michael might be onto something with his belief that it's just a marketing scheme. So it made me buy it. So I have been wrong before. That's not why I bought it. I, I, the day it came out on pledge, I, I paid for it. Yep, me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was one of the first five people I think that pledged. Yeah, we're also, three if, guys. We're three guys who actually bought this album, Cheap Trick. We paid money out of our pockets. I'm remixing this, and I'm going to call it the even more deluxe version. And it starts off with this song. There you go. All right. We will see you on the next episode of Cheap Talk. Right, guys. And that's our show. Trick Chat is an online nonprofit audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to Cheap Trick or any of their members, past or present. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes to buy it. If you enjoyed this show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying keep cheap tricking. There we go. That's the show. All right. All right, you guys. I got to go back to work. All right. (laughs) All right.